You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Socks, go, 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 go! Let's go, 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 White Sox! Chicago is proud of you! This is White Sox Weekly, the Chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox, 720 WGN. Breaking news, breaking news. Good afternoon, 407 White Sox Weekly on the air, 720 WGN. Harry Tynowitz, what's going on? Hello, Carm. How the hell are you? I am great. Back from a trip down to Atlanta, Super Bowl 53. I don't know if you're aware, Harry, the Super Bowl is tomorrow. But the Bears aren't in it. Bears not in it. That is true, but... uh, there's always next year, baby. Super Bowl 54, the Erlocker number, Miami, the place that the Bears lost to the Dolphins. Yeah, I was there, there. There's a Walter Payton connection in there that I saw making the rounds on Twitter. So it'll be next year. Do you know what today did is? Did you see JP, by the way? I did not. I did, uh, I did send Jared Payton a text after I interviewed Jimbo Covert. Mm-hmm. Rock power on the left side. Should be in the... Hall of Fame is not for whatever reason, but uh, Jimbo loves the Peyton family, loves 34. How can you not? How can you not? So I, I sent JP a text. Jimbo Covert loves your family. He wrote back, we love him. I don't feel like I'm talking out of turn sharing this on the radio. That all happened, but that was the most I connected with JP down there. Saw so Adam Hogue. Had a bunch of Adam Hogue sightings. Went to dinner with Adam Hogue. Was on the Adam Hogue Sports how, Central show. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? Hogue should be in the Hall of Fame. Beerman is. Congrats to Beerman. Congrats to Beerman. Uh, and by the way, if you do want to get any interviews from the Super Bowl week, go to wgnradio.com. Adam Hogue was down there talking to literally everyone from Erlacher to Prince of Mukamara to Robbie Gold to Robbie Gold to a bunch of others that off the top of my head that I'm not thinking of. Do you know what the day is today, Harry? Yeah, today is February 2nd. Yes. Do you know what February 13th is? Yeah, pitchers and catchers report for the Chicago White Sox. Do you know what 13 minus 2 is? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Yep. I was doing so well on your earlier questions. That's a tough one. 13 yeah. minus 2. Normally, I know you stay in single digits. Yeah, do you have a pen... Uh, I'll help borrow, you. It's, uh, carry the one. It's uh, Isaiah Thomas's number. Yeah, he's a fake. Yep. Just... The Bulls congratulated him every time the Pistons eliminated them. And then the Bulls swept out Detroit, and Isaiah had to walk off the floor. One of the greatest moments in Chicago sports which, history. Which Pistons were classy enough to stay and congratulate the Bulls? I love that you're bringing that up right now at White Sox Week. Uh-huh. Another one of Jerry Reinsdorf's teams. Which Pistons were classy enough to stay? Uh-huh. Joe Dumars, John Sally. I believe we're the two. Uh, I believe John Sally and Scott Hastings. Scott Hastings. Dumars walked off the court. Dumars think. walked off the court, Did I believe. Really? Yeah. You sure about that? Well, he, he's a great guy, a classy guy, but, he, you know, he, he followed Isaiah mm. and Lambeer. I'm to check the tape on that. But so it's 11 days. Please da- check it. 11 days. 11 days till pitchers and catchers report. Yes. We just came out of the deep freeze. Feels like we should walk outside right now and have a catch, right? I would love to have a catch with you, Carm. Let's do it. Let's do it. But the breaking news, and, you know, he's a behind-the-scenes leader, MVP type. Every time you want to get on White Sox Weekly or the beat, Dan Long, 
just informed the show that he's sliding over to engineering duties at WGN. And Dan, you are leaving the show, so I would like to uh, give you the forum here just to talk about your emotions to not be with Carmen Harry on Saturday afternoons and the void that will be in your life not hanging out with us. Hey, I mean, we've been doing the show for, what, two or three years now, and it's it's become a part of my life, a, definitely part of my professional life, and uh, it's definitely going to be weird not doing it. I'm going to miss seeing you guys every week, although I will still be around, and uh, we will still... Uh, you know, hey, we're all on the same team. We're all still trying to make great radio together. Aw, Dan. You know, kids say the darnest things. Dan, will you still be in and out of the Hawks locker room? That I don't know. I have to have some conversations uh, behind the scenes here. But... Upper management conversations. Those always oh, yeah. can be complicated, but yet beautiful all at the same time. What, what, do, you, what do you remember? When you look back at the uh, 2018 <laughs> White Sox season, Dan, yeah. and you were out there a lot. And you, you were, you, you, boy, you must have done about 150 of the games. Uh, what do you remember the most? Yeah, well, it was interesting. I mean, I got to obviously getting to see some of that stuff behind the scenes and getting to – you know, talk to some of the guys and, and getting to, you know, talk to Ricky Renteria a little bit. Uh, it, it's interesting to see kind of how the sausage is made, especially for a team that's rebuilding uh, and, and to see how uh, it affects some of those guys in the locker room and how, you know, they managed to stay positive despite the, where the team was in the standings and where the team was uh, in, in their competitive cycle. Uh, it, it, just as a baseball fan, I found that fascinating. It was also fascinating just seeing Dan out there covering games for the first time and firing away questions at Ricky Renteria, not be, not afraid to open up his mouth. I really enjoyed that, just get, getting to see Dan do that. So, anyway, those were that that was like those were one of my favorite moments from last year. I'm not even gonna lie. Just listening to the post game show and there's Dan asking questions. He was like, "Listen, Rick." My name's Dan Long. I'm very unhappy with the way you're going to your bullpen early in games. Are you thinking about uh, overusing them? And then he would answer the questions. I'm like, Dan, easy. You take it to that's the, that skip. But you you weren't afraid to fire a question or two out there, Dan Long. Yeah, I, I don't think I asked uh, many uh, bullpen-related hard questions. I think mine were mostly softballs. But uh, I remember. Uh, well, boy, do you think you're responsible for the greatest upgrade that the Sox have made in this offseason, which is their bullpen? Am I responsible? Yeah, your questions. You think maybe <laughs> Rick, could... Rick heard that and he goes, you know, he's right. We need to, uh, you know, we can't blow games once the starter leaves. we uh, got to uh, improve the bullpen. I'm going to get me a uh, horse from Seattle. I think I think Rick Hahn is a smart enough baseball guy on his own. He doesn't need uh, tips from, from me to strengthen up the bullpen, although the Sox did uh, markedly improve this year good, good over the offseason. Good answer, Dan. Good answer. Well done. Well, congratulations, and uh, we'll see you, but and we'll miss you all at the same time. Well, I appreciate it, guys. It's it's been fun, and let's uh, let's do one more. Yeah, let's that's exactly let's right. Go out in style. So we're gonna have uh, some snippets from the Sox convention on the program today, including Michael Kopech, who sat down with Adam Hogue and Kevin Powell. Uh, a week ago, Friday night, and uh, he was all over the convention. I got to sit with him on the first rounders alongside Daryl Boston and Zach Collins and. He's pretty pretty out there, Harry, about uh, dealing with anxiety. Yeah, and the journey that he's been on. I really appreciate that out of Michael Kopech. I think that bodes. You know, he's got going to have a very challenging year being off the field, rehabbing. Doubts are going to creep in, right? If you're going to be able to be the same guy, even though surgery's been done a zillion times, and guys come back from this throwing even harder, which is going to be hard to believe from a Michael Kopech standpoint. But it, it's going to be a challenging year for him, and he's been pretty open about it. Yeah, you know, about 27 years ago, 
I'm going to say John Smoltz was the first baseball player to come out and, and talk about that very thing. And he said, I have a special psychologist who focuses on sports. And when Smoltz described it, you know, I, you know I'm thinking, man, this guy, he can, he can put the ball, he's 60 feet, 6 inches away from the plate, and he can put that ball anywhere he wants. How could he have any anxiety issues whatsoever? And yet he was the first guy to come out and say, you know, I have these, and it helps me to talk to a professional. You know, I think, I think that um, therapy gets a bad rap. And I think, you know, people that are in therapy or that see a psychiatrist, that see a psychologist. Life you know, coach. Life coach. I think they would rave about it. And, you know, I think it's, you know, in 2019 now, I think we look at it differently. But almost every team has a specialist that does this now. The old mental skills coach. Mm-hmm. And you work out, right? You try to keep your body in shape. You lift the weights. You do the yoga work on your flexibility, mm-hmm. you would think that you, you know, working on the old brain and getting to know yourself and being as comfortable as you can possibly be, handling failure, handling success, handling everything that comes along with being a major league ball player, let alone just a regular person in society, all that makes a whole lot of sense. It's uh, It also seems like kind of stunning that it's sort of like a new frontier like you, you would have thought we would have figured this out a while back then you know what this is probably important too it's it, it, you know i'm guaranteeing you that there's so many people that are successful that see people but they're just not out there you know you want you dream about being a big league ball player and when you're a big league ball player and you say you have anxiety issues the whole the whole world hears about it but i'm sure that there are you know heads of industry all over the place that have the same issues and that see people and they just, you know, don't come out and tell you. You want to hear the calm deep dive on anxiety on, on at 417 on White Sox Weekly? I would love to. See, think about this. Just let's go back all the way in time, Harry. Uh, all the way? Uh, yeah, all the way to when there weren't roads and just there were people yes. and there were lions and there were Are you ty- talking like Adam and Eve? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go Adam and Eve time. You know, I, I can't really tell you exactly how it was like, but this is how I theorize things were going on uh-huh. so you're walking around and there's danger there's a lion behind that tree and you've got to survive so the people that were walking around they were walking around all the time with anxiety right who's over there what's over there how am i going to survive here so it's built into the human condition the people that survived had a good level of high anxiety because they were they were aware of their surroundings and being aware of your surroundings back then uh huh. You had to be living with fear because there was fear everywhere. And then, as we evolve, that gene gets passed along, if, if if you will. And of course, we're all walking around with this. And then, how do we deal with it in today's life as a major league baseball player, as a radio host, as a dad, as a mom, as a whatever? You know, if there's nothing wrong with it's actually a beautiful thing. If we didn't have anxiety, we all go run right out in the street and get hit by a car. That wouldn't be a good thing. Anxiety no. is beautiful. Right. You know, historians have determined Adam's last name. Did you know that? I, I did not know that. Yes. Turns out it was Angle. <laughs> good one, Harry. Uh, join us in Glendale, Arizona for White Sox spring training. Single game tickets for the 2019 Cactus League season at Camelback Ranch are on sale now. Tickets start at just $10 per game with special promotions throughout the season. To purchase tickets online, visit whitesox.com slash spring or 
camelbackranchbaseball.com. You can also call 1-800-905-3315. Pick 10 plans are on sale right now, so get ready for the 2019 season with this flexible and affordable ticket plan. Pick your games, your opponents, your schedule, starting at just $129. Visit whitesocks.com to pick your plan today. All right, let's come back and update what's going on with Manny Machado, what's going on with Bryce Harper, what the hell are the San Diego Padres doing. Let's talk about that coming on back here. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Yes, it's true. Manny Machado is not signed with a baseball team, neither is Bryce Harper. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Mark Harmon, Harry Tynowitz, Dan Long producing for the final time. If you'd like to produce the show, feel free to text us in your qualifications, 312-981-7200. On-the-air interviews. On-the-air interviews are possible. Uh, okay. So the San Diego Padres, out of nowhere, are just coming on in and are meeting with Bryce Harper, which they did earlier this week. And they're in on Manny Machado, too, and it's a conversation that uh, maybe they want both. Padres' ownership is said to view Bryce Harper as a business marketing opportunity despite the positional need at third base and may now lean toward Harper over Machado. Also, Manny might not want to go to the West. Question now is whether San Diego could outbid a team with stupid dollars. Uh, that is a tweet from John Heyman, who does a great job covering baseball. So, San Diego is a complete wild card right now. Last year, out of nowhere, they stepped up and gave Eric Hosmer a huge deal when nobody else was in play. Right. Bid against themselves, essentially. And and now, they're doing the same thing here. Now, you know what's, what's painfully obvious here? No one is in on these guys. The, they're... If the Padres of all teams at the start of February are all of a sudden to make a major push and get involved, doesn't that tell you that everyone else is basically sitting on the sidelines and these guys are just basically hoping for a Hail Mary to come? I mean, Manny Machado's been sitting on an alleged White Sox offer forever. He met with the Sox the day after Christmas. So, I I mean, look, I don't want to try to do Rick Hahn's job here, and, and obviously they know – what they're doing way more than I, than I ever could. But there's part of me that would like to go to Manny Machado and say, hey, look, here's the deal. This is our best and final offer. You got 24 hours. If not, we're moving on to Gio Gonzalez. Well, the, we're moving but, on. There, there's no, but there's no need for that. I'm going I'm to take the other side of that argument. Okay. What, why would you put him in that position? Why would you give him an opportunity to say no? When I was single, the last thing I wanted to do was give a lady that I felt for any opportunity to say no. If you give a guy 24 hours to tell you yes or no, there's a chance they could say no. And, okay. And Rick Hahn said at SoxFest last week that if Manny Machado is on the team this summer and he's, he's getting big hits to win games, there's not going to be one single Sox fan that'll say, oh, boy, I wish that he had signed that you know, last week of January. Yeah, right, right. I don't listen. I don't care if he signs the last week of February at the end of the day. But I also don't think that the White Sox success going forward is contingent in any large way on Manny Machado. Do you think that they are going to, you know, do you think that by not signing Machado now and saving that Manny money that they're not going to be signing 
two or three other guys they could be sending to help the team. Right. I, exactly. That's my point. If you don't sign them, you're keeping all that dough. And I would just want guys who really, really want to be here, to play on a team that's loaded with talent, to play in a world-class city, to play for mm-hmm. an organization who's going to take care of their players. Look, man, if you're waiting for the very last you know, ounce of dollar, eh, okay, that's, that's your choice. Good for you, but you know what? We're uh, we're not in that way. We're 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 not we're not about that right now. We want you to be a Chicago White Sox. Okay, so we all think the Sox will be better than they were last year, right? Yes. Okay, markedly better, right? Sixty-two and and a hundred, markedly better, right? They could be five hundred this year if they get Manny. They could you know maybe contend for a playoff spot. If you don't get Manny or Bryce Harper next year, yeah, Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado, Mike Trout. That wouldn't be bad. Those two guys, those two guys are better than Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. I also look at it like, you know, long-term contracts like that, and if they get him, look, he's young, supremely talented, hopefully it'll work out. But there's a lot of risk with those deals, a lot of risk. Right. Probably the uh, worst hitter statistically now in baseball, the regular hitters, is Albert Pujols. But when the Angels signed Albert Pujols, in order to get him, they had to give him that elongated contract. Yeah, and and Albert Pujols, just for the record, was four years older at the time, and a guy that was not moving anywhere near uh, the way that Manny Machado and or Bryce Harper moves right mm-hmm. now. So, all right, let's, let's uh, get you the news on time here. A reminder, the 2019 suite packages are available starting at just five games. Entertain clients, family, and friends with a unique ballpark experience. Call 312-674-1000 for more information. Just to put a bow on that conversation, by the way, nobody knows what the Padres are going to do. It's a big-time wild card right now. Maybe they want Harper. Maybe they want Machado. Maybe they want both. Maybe they're going to way overpay. And if they do, my sense is that the White Sox are not going to match that, and I don't think they should. Yeah, and the Padres have, like, the other great minor league system in baseball right now. Besides the White Sox. Right. but Atlanta's very strong as well. And, okay, you want to be on the West Coast and play in San Diego, compete in that division? Right. Big market Chicago or or San Diego might not even get on late-night sports center. Right. I mean, you know, if if I'm looking at I get to play in the AL East in Chicago, I'm going to rake that division uh, if I'm Manny Machado. I'm going to hit 350. Let's go. Experience a game this season from the Goose Island. That's right, the Goose Island. It's the newest addition to Guaranteed Rate Field. This area in right field features a variety of seating options, including field-level views, group party areas, and individual seating. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit WhiteSox.com. Bob Kessler with a check of news, and then Michael Kopech after 4.30, WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN indeed. Do uh, Carmen Harry coming up at 5. When, whether you are looking to head to the ballpark with 20 people like Harry Tyner, which is very popular, or a few hundred like Dan Long, who's just going to be the president one day, the Chicago White Sox have the perfect option for you. Call 312-674-1000 for information on group outings for 2019 the white Sox newborn club is the perfect gift for the newest member of your family the package includes a southpaw onesie and hat a white Sox bib and a customized white Sox birth certificate oh, trump will love that purchase yours today <laughs> at white newborn 
Did you see the picture of him today? Who he was golfing with? Uh, who was he golfing with? Golfing with Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods. It doesn't seem fair. Did you see who um, was a uh, backup dancer for Cardi B today at the Super Bowl? No, who was doing that? Robert Kraft. That's interesting. <laughs> yes, interesting is a good word it's for it. A, it's, a very, it's an aggressive play by Yes, yes. Go. Among the things we'll be talking about after five, uh, Super Bowl uh, commercials, some of the uh, celebrities that will be involved there. Yes, uh, we will do that after five o'clock. What we'll do right now is give a little rewind to uh, – what was a special White Sox uh, convention, and uh, we'll play an interview with a little bit of at least an interview with uh, Michael Kopech, which is sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. Michael Kopech not playing this year, but one day going to be on that mound when the White Sox hopefully win the World Series. In a in a moment of time, we will hear from Michael Kopech. Well, first, why don't we ask uh, ask him how is uh, recover? I mean, it's a stressful, frustrating process for a lot of guys. Right. Uh, so, Michael Kopech, how are you feeling? Great. Yeah, just got a gnarly <laughs> scar. But, Ooh. Yeah. But uh, yeah. other than that, I feel pretty good. You know, I feel like I'm ahead of the curve. Uh, obviously not going to rush it because I have a lot of time. But uh, I feel about as good as I can right now. How tough is it not to push it? How tough is it to be patient dealing with something like this? Um, I mean, for the most part, you guys followed my path to the big leagues. You saw that I don't really have much patience. Right. <laughs> uh, but it it's tough, but at the same time, I'm I'm trying to take this time off as a, as a learning curve, as a time to get better mentally and take that time to really progress my mental side of the game. So I, I, I'm trying to embrace it as much as I can. You, you said you talked to Dylan Cease quite a bit. We had Dylan on a little bit uh, about an hour or so ago, and obviously he went through Tommy John. But you've been talking to him quite a bit this offseason. You and I were just talking about how Sox fans are, you know, dreaming every night of the day of a one-two punch of Kopech and Cease at you know, top of the rotation. So what's your relationship like with him, and how has he helped you through this? Yeah, so with him just going through it already, the Tommy John process and everything, I think it's cool to kind of – pick his brain and see where he was with some things. You know, he, he said there was a wall that he hit where he didn't feel great, but he knew there was nothing wrong. It was just he was trying to push through it. Um, he's kind of a, a, a yogi type guy, so he's very philosophical. He, he likes the mental side of the game as much as I do, if not more. So we, we are very alike, even though we're very different. Um, but, no, I mean, it, it's great. I mean, we, we both – compete in our own right and we we really enjoy what we're doing and i think that goes for all the potential pitchers of the staff we're going to have it, i mean it's no secret that we're going to be really freaking good but <laughs> i mean it just you can flip a coin or scramble some letters and figure out who's going to be where in the rotation but it, i mean it's going to be a lot of fun when we're all there i want to go back to august for uh, a minute we were just talking before we came back from the break about um your debut, and, and I think Kevin and I agree that was the most electric night uh, at the ballpark all season, despite the rain that, that came in. Um, as you got those starts under your belt, and it was just a, a handful, could you sense anything was, was coming with your elbow at any point? And I guess, is there in any way, is it a blessing in disguise that it happened when it did instead of it, you know, God forbid, happening this spring training and you losing those months that you now have to, to re- rehabilitate? Uh, so... To answer your first question, I've never felt anything coming. Um, 
I knew looking at my numbers and my velocity and my spin rate and everything, something was off. Uh, my agent thought it was a good idea that I get an MRI. Me being very stubborn, I was very much against that. Um, but nonetheless, I got an MRI and here we are. Um, but about the timing of it, I don't think they're... Now, this goes without saying, there's no perfect time to get an injury. Sure. But if there was, I think I got injured at the perfect time. If I would have got injured before, I would have still been in Charlotte. I wouldn't have got to experience that taste of the big leagues. If I had got injured, you know, this spring, it would have taken away from, you know, the few months, like you said, that I could have going into the next season and everything. So if there was a time to get injured, I think I got injured at the right time. Some say there's a Tommy John epidemic in the baseball world, the baseball culture. It, when you look at the way you've trained and the way you've thrown your entire your entire life, really, training to be a, a pro baseball player, and you, you see the way other players are training, is there anything that could be changed in the baseball world of, of trying to build a player into a professional player and especially a pitcher? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, first of all, I think there's no one common denominator. There are a few similarities with anyone that you see that blows out, but you can find those similarities in some guys that are healthy for 20 years. Um, but what I do think is kids are overthrowing a lot at a young age, and that stress may not show up right now, but it's going to show up later. And, I, I mean, I, I was a kid that threw a lot uh, growing up. I played baseball year-round, but I think it's important for an off-season, especially in younger kids, um, just because – that stress will add up, and you don't really know what that stress is like until you play 142, 162 games in professional baseball and you th throw almost every single day. Uh, so I, I think kids just appreciating an offseason at a young age, maybe playing another sport or whatever the case may be, I think that can take a lot of stress out of their arm at a very young age. Talking to Michael Kopech here at SoxFest. So, what what is your plan for this year? Is it just all about rehabbing the arm? Is there is there uh, are you are you one of those guys that just wants to be part of the team somehow, help in any way you possibly can? Uh, I would love to help in any way I possibly can. And right now, I think that's just going to be cheerleading. Um, but for the most part, this year is going to be about me kind of getting in tune with myself, being myself, uh, figuring out who Michael Kopech is, um, because I think. In the past, I've hidden behind several masks to try to, you know, become this big leaguer that I wasn't yet, to become the guy that everybody wants me to be. And I think that caused a lot of pressure internally. Uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I caused a lot of anxiety on myself. Um, and now I'm just trying to, you know, get back to being who I want to be on and off the field. So there you go, Michael Kopech with uh, Kevin Powell and Adam Hogan. I thought that part, Harry, was a really interesting comment, that he's trying to figure out who Michael Kopech is. I mean, here's a guy who has been traded, has been drafted as a first-round pick, has been on the mound in the big leagues on an opening night with the crowd going crazy, and he's trying to figure himself out, which is not exactly a huge surprise for a young guy, but I, but I think that's a pretty interesting comment, uh, vulnerable comment for, for him to be able to sit there and make. You know who he is? He's the uh, cornerstone to the foundation of the starting rotation. That's who he is. I mean, Carlos Rodon is a beast. He's a monster, all right? And I really, really like, 
you know, what is possible from Giolito, possible from Lopez. Dylan Cease mentioned in that uh, conversation. Dane Dunning also, you know, is going to be bringing it at some point. But it begins with Michael Kopech. He is the guy. Nobody throws as hard as he does. Right, but we just don't know who is going to emerge as that guy. It could. I mean, sure, he throws the hardest, Mm -hmm. and that's who you would put your money on. But Dylan Cease was amazing last year. Carlos Rodon wants to be the number one guy. Who knows who the White Sox go out and get? So it might very it, it could turn out that way. But and Rodon has already done it at the big league level. Yeah. Rodon has dominated hitters and had terrific games at the big league level. So I mean, his past performance. I always look at everything like you know uh, I'm looking at a racing form. He has proven that he can get the opposition out. Kopech, very small sample size. But yeah, I mean, he's been able to to you know whip with guys left and right. I I just think the weirdest thing is that it always rains when Michael Kopech pitches. That that is a thing. He's the, he know who he is. He's a farmer's favorite pitcher. We should get him. Maybe pair him up with Orion Samuelson. They could become buddies. But if you look at his year last year, and other years for that matter, it's a lot of roller coaster in the minors for Michael Kopech. He'll have he'll have tremendous mm-hmm. outings, and then he'll have short outings where he can't, can't find the strike zone, and he's you know still trying to harness that talent. So and, and he's not and, and and please understand, I'm not saying that the the Sox have one of the you know fastest rotations in baseball. I mean, there's very few rotations in baseball that bring the heat like like all five guys in the White Sox rotation do. I, I don't. I'm not trying to talk you down or talk anybody down off Michael Kopech being a huge star. I'm just saying that there's a, you know, it's going to be a process here from become being a thrower to being a pitcher to coming back from injury, right, and to, we... to, you know, to being actually to be the guy you're talking about the front of the rotation. There's a, there's a journey in front of him to get there clearly like any young player. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't know. I want to, I want to create a space Harry where he can, where he can grow without a, you know, and the, overwhelming expectation that's the guy that's him he's the one that's got to do it eh. be very nice if he did but you know part of this is is you're building as much depth as you possibly can by the way if they don't end up with machado that gives you more money to go out and get free agent pitchers also a very dicey proposition right it's you know it, it it's incredibly frustrating that Kopech got hurt and he got hurt in a major way but tommy john surgery works guys come back from it I you know I'm not a very patient person, but you know you you have to be here. He's just not. I mean, there, there's not a lot you can do. Kopech's not going to pitch the entire season. I think you exude a ton of patience all the time. That's uh-huh. all, that always impresses me. For sure, sure I do. The way you just sit back and see all the angles, Harry. Mm-hmm. All the Adam angles. Yeah. All right. Hey, quick time out here. We'll uh, we got a couple nuggets here. We'll wrap up with on White Sox Weekly, and then the beat coming up at five seven twenty WGN. White Sox Weekly seven twenty WGN. So Harry, you looking ahead to the schedule there, pal? Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be here soon. Do you know when the first White Sox game is in uh, from Glendale? Uh, are, you, are, you, are you that on top of your game? I thought you were talking about the, um, the actual season. I, didn't, I was not on the spring training. I was not on the Cactus League 
So February 23rd, Harry, mm-hmm. which is today is February the 2nd. Yes. So not one week, not two weeks, but three weeks from today. There's that Iowa education coming into play. Yep. They're going to, it's the White Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers. They always open together because they share that facility. They share the facility in beautiful Glendale. First pitch is will be at 205, which will be followed by White Sox Weekly and then Carmen Harry. That's a day. That is a Book day. it now, friends. And then after that, by the way, Harry, just to let you see your future be your future, it's the Northwestern Wildcats and the Wisconsin Badgers at home on a Saturday night. Oh, that'll be a good game. There's a little payback coming. Right. Um, uh, how about Rod Strickland's son is on the Badgers? How, how can he be that old? I love Rod Strickland. Huge fan. What number was he? Rod Strickland wore number one. I believe you were 10. I want to say 10. I think that Rod's at DePaul? Yeah. You're not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure. You're pretty sure. Yeah. Either with the Knicks or with the Demons, he wore number one. Okay. Who wears 10 on the White Sox now? I'll give you a hint. His initials are Johan. (laughs) Yeah. M. I believe uh, Yo-Yo is... uh, Getting it done here. I'm not, I'm looking for images for Rod Strickland. He wore 11 on the Knicks. He wore one on the Wizards, one on the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Not my question, though. DePaul. Yes. Well, I'll look forward to the White Sox. There's a lot of questions coming to camp. Well, how do you feel about the White Sox catching situation? I feel good about the White Sox catching situation. I think yeah. that... Do uh... you think McCann is only here for a little bit? By the way, you're dead wrong on DePaul for Rod. What number was he? He wore, I mean, I can't even tell what it is. It looks like 15. Look again. I just, I can't see. I mean. Do you think James McCann is only here for a bit? Uh, Yeah, I, I do. I think that, uh, well, you know, look, he could be the veteran guy. Wellington signed for one more year. Right. So, okay, I think he plays out this year. If McCann has a solid season makes his presence felt there, and then Zach Collins comes up. Maybe he, you know, that's the backup. Those two are splitting time. That would make sense. I was very impressed by Zach Collins at uh, the Sox convention. Yeah, he seems to have a very good grasp of uh, of. I like his perspective. Super smart and grounded. All of it. I'm. A, I was. And there, by the way, here is a Rod Strickland DePaul picture where he's wearing 10. He wore multiple numbers at DePaul. Never seen, never seen a guy wear Really? Wearing... You're just not going to come out and say that he was 10, huh? Okay, fine. He was 10. Maybe he was 10. I think he was 10. <laughs> yeah. As you were saying. Go ahead. Congratulations. You win. It's not a victory, Carm. No, just, it's a victory. We're, we're just having kind of just the way guys talk, man. It's like guys, you know, hanging out at each other's house or in a basement or at a bar. That's the way guys talk. I feel like Rod Strickland at DePaul was the last time DePaul was actually. Well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Completely relevant. All right. Uh, do we have another break here, Dan? Is that another break? That is. All right. got to say goodbye, Harry. Say goodbye, Harry. What? Uh, goodbye, Harry. Goodbye, Harry. The beat coming up at the top of the hour. And, uh, yeah, I would think maybe next week on White Sox Weekly we'll have news, real news, on Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. But who knows? Right. Good news. Indeed. Let's hope it's good news. All right. Quick timeout news coming up. 720 WGN.